Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Freedom of Species brings animal advocacy to the airwaves. It's a program dedicated to raising awareness of issues concerning animals. This includes advocacy, activism, protection, conservation and, importantly, appreciation. The show is broadcast from 3CR Studios in Melbourne on 85. 5 a.m. And thank you very much to Sally, um, who was in Out of the Pan. A great show again, Sally. And listen, listen um, in, tune in for Sally's show next week at 12 p.m. Sunday. Uh, there's going to be a special live show, um, so definitely one to, to catch. Uh, today, we will be sharing a presentation from the Humane Education Coalition's Humane Summit 2019. Uh, Kate Gracie um, shared a show last week from the same summit, and it's just such a great lineup. It was such a good, um, good, good summit that we, we're showing a couple, we're presenting a couple of those or rebroadcasting a couple of those talks. Um, the Humane Summit 2019 was a virtual speaker series run over two days in February. And audiences tuned in to listen to speakers from around the world share their experience and knowledge of humane education, a really exciting area of education. To quote the Humane Education Coalition's website, humane education is an innovative, solution-driven effort to create a better world for people, animals, and the environment. It seeks to teach empathy and recognition of the intrinsic values of all animals and environments, and this includes um, building respect, empathy, and compassion for other animals. On April 6, 2018, we actually interviewed um, Megan Moon, the president of the Humane Education Coalition. So if you want to learn a little bit more about the Humane Education Coalition, um, we can definitely go and check that um, episode out. Uh, We had a great conversation about what it all means, what humane education is, and what the coalition is doing um, to support humane education and grow humane education around the world. Um, certainly a worthwhile effort, and with this summit, they've done a fantastic job to, um, towards that end. So if you'd like to learn more um, about the coalition, please check out that episode and visit the coalition website at hecoalition.org. So that's hecoalition.org. The, the Humane Summit 2019 included many talks, all of which you can find on at hecoalition.org forward slash summit dash 2019, or just search um, Humane Summit 2019. There's a YouTube playlist with 27 um, videos, uh, presentations from the summit. So lots to sink your teeth into um, and learn all about humane education and what's happening out there. And the Humane Education Coalition really does a great job of bringing together all of the um, most cutting edge work in humane education around the world. Today, we're going to play the Talk Humane Science Education, Ending the Use of Animals for Dissection, presented by Nicole Green, Director of Animal Learn, which um, and that Animal Learn is 1L, 
Um, and you can find Animal Learn at animallearn.org. And also Dr. Elizabeth Ormandy, uh, who is the Executive Director of Animals in Science Policy Institute. And they are talking about um, what they're doing to help remove animal, um, animal use and animal dissections from the education field. So you, you may remember or you may have experienced in, in high school or, um, or primary school dissecting a, a frog or a rat or a, a sheep's eye or something, something similar. Um, what Animal Learn and Animals in Science Policy Institute are trying to do is trying to remove that waste of, of animal life and, um, and provide other opportunities for people to learn about dissection and learn about um, animal anatomy without having to kill animals. And they, they show some great evidence. Um, they, they present some great evidence that shows that it's actually just as effective doing, um, using alternatives to actually killing animals unnecessarily. So here is the show. So not only can you learn using, it's been substantial. Wait one sec. Sorry about that. That was the second part of the show. I am going to play the first part. Here we go. My name's Nicole Green. I'm the director of Animal Learn. Uh, Animal Learn is a division of the American Anti-Vivisection Society. Uh, we're located uh, in Philadelphia, right, out, uh, right outside of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania in the U.S., I've been working uh, on the issue of animals used in education for close to 20 years, uh, and I'm very passionate about this issue. And uh, I feel that humane education is the solution to helping to make our society a much more compassionate one. And I'm Elizabeth. I'm co-founder and executive director of a Canadian registered charity called the Animals in Science Policy Institute, um, or ASPE for short. And we aim to promote better science without animals. And like Nicole, we work on the issue of animal use in education. And before we begin, I'd like to acknowledge that I'm speaking to you today from the ancestral and unceded territories of the Tsleil-Waututh, Musqueam and Squamish First Nations. Thank you, Elizabeth. So what is humane science education? Well, animal dissection has a very long history uh, in our educational system as an activity that was that is typically done to help students have hands-on learning to learn about anatomy and physiology. Um, sadly, this is a, an activity that kills millions of animals and continues to be very common in classrooms around the globe today. Uh, many of you most likely have faced dissection at some point in your educational experience. Uh, and I had my experience in middle school I was faced with having to dissect a frog, an earthworm, and a crayfish. I felt very sad when I was faced with having to do something like this. I felt bad for the creatures. I was an animal lover, and obviously I am an animal lover, and I didn't want to have to do something like this. So I watched as my lab partner did the activity. But what humane science education aims to do is to give those students like myself who are ethically opposed to dissection those resources to take a science class without having to cut up a dead animal in the process. Um, quite simply, humane science incorporates the three pillars of humane education, social justice, environmental ethics, and animal protection. So in terms of social justice impacts, 
Many students have strong emotional reactions to dissection. And to date, Nicole and I have met a great many students who have done dissection and were really unhappy about it. And of course, we heard from uh, Nicole about her own lived experience and her emotions when she was asked to do animal dissections in middle school. Um, I was never actually asked to do dissection. My high school training was in the UK. My undergrad is in neuroscience and I still didn't dissect animals in my undergraduate degree. So when I moved over here to North America, I was really surprised um, that dissection is such a prevalent practice in high schools here. It very clearly puts up emotional barriers to learning for a great many students. And as we've heard from Nicole, if students ask to opt out, many teachers still ask that they simply watch their peers do the dissection. And this can lead to disengagement, which is an additional barrier to learning. And what's more, not being able to fully opt out impinges on the civil liberties of students who might want to avoid dissection for personal, religious, or ethical reasons. In my work with a First Nations educator here in Vancouver, I've learned that dissection does very little to respect or represent First Nations perspectives towards animals. And so it does little to support meaningful reconciliation efforts here in Canada and elsewhere. And despite the new curriculum here, um, which requires that First Nations perspectives actually be better represented in our classrooms. Some students goof around during dissection to cover up their emotional response. And this can lead to social relations that are tense between student peers. It does very little to, to encourage the development of empathy. So ending dissection could be considered to enhance anti-bullying campaigns by building on the natural empathy and compassion for animals and others that students already have. And most students have a natural empathy, as Elizabeth said, a natural empathy and compassion towards animals. Um, I know growing up, I had lived with a companion animal cat or, and a dog. And many students were like me and live with these sentient beings in their homes. So you forge these relationships with animals. Um, but when, when students are entering into science education classrooms that are doing dissection, that strips them of their natural ability to be compassionate and empathetic. And it's encouraging students, it's teaching them that harming animals, it's okay to harm an, harm an animal and, and use them and cut them apart to learn about science in the name of scientific curiosity. So at Animal Learn and Aspie, what we're really trying to do is to challenge the status quo by promoting humane science education alternatives um, that empower students to build upon their natural empathy and compassion towards animals. So another reason why um, we work on this issue and why dissection just doesn't cut it is because it can sometimes negatively impact the environment. Um, frogs, for example, are recognized as one of the most commonly dissected animals um, around. And Animal Learn did a study and we found in a review of US government import records that close to 1 million frogs were captured from the wild in Mexico and then transported to the US and killed for use in science education classrooms. This is uh, startling to, to, to understand these types of facts. Um, 
And what happens when you're taking wild animals from their natural habitats, it's really being disruptive to those populations and ecosystems. Another environmental impact is the toxic chemicals that animal specimens are injected with as a preservative. So things like formalin and formaldehyde are used as a chemical preservative for these specimens. And when they're discarded, that can actually contaminate our water and our soil and it can potentially harm humans and wildlife. And there are, of course, many ways that dissection negatively impacts animals. Um, common species for dissection are frogs, as we've heard, as well as rats and fetal pigs. But there are a wide array of animal species used, and they are typically raised or caught using inhumane practices. As Nicole has mentioned, some species like frogs um, as well as fish and invertebrates are often wild caught for their use in dissection. Some species like rats and pigeons are purpose bred and they're raised using inhumane practices and often in facilities that are unregulated. And some species like fetal pigs are wrongly considered to be byproducts of the food production industry. And then there are some species like cats and dogs that can be procured from animal shelters. So overall, dissection does very little to build an ethical culture of science that respects animal life. The picture on the bottom right of our slide here is um, a still from a video that went viral on social media. And it depicts a group of students in Oklahoma making their cat dissection specimens dance after receiving that instruction from their teacher. So these are some of the disrespectful things that whether they go viral or not, are happening in our schools. So if we loop back to the three aims of humane education, social justice, environmental ethics, and animal protection, it's clear that the continued practice of dissection fails on all three counts. And at Animal Learn and ASPE, we're seeking to change science teaching culture by promoting non-animal alternatives to dissection as a way of practicing and promoting humane science education. So what are the alternatives? Elizabeth and I could talk to you for hours about the alternatives. We would love to be able to show you a lot of the alternatives. Um, so what we have here are some, some alternatives uh, that go from mobile applications to hands-on realistic models. There's something for every education that want to make these products um, available. It's, it's amazing to see uh, the help different variety of alternatives that are out there. And that so I wanted to go over a little bit of what some of our favorite alternatives. So these two alternatives, the top uh, left is a product called the Virtuality. It is a product that's basically just a t-shirt and it, it should, it, with the t-shirt, you can download a free app. And with the app, you point it at the t-shirt and you're allowed to, and you can explore the human body systems. It's really amazing. You can go inside and you can see the beating heart and students are just fascinated by this product. I've, I've, I've used it at workshops and, and kids and teachers love it. It's a wonderful way to learn anatomy without having to harm an animal. And on the bottom right is a product called Frogopedia. It's an app. The It was actually last year, 2018, was named the top Apple iPad app. Um, 
So it is an app that allows you to look at the life cycle of the frog, to do a virtual frog dissection, as well as it has a augmented frog experience. So it's a little living frog that you can pop up, will pop up on your desktop and you, it allows you to go through the different body systems of the frog. So these are two other uh, augmented and virtual reality products that are up and coming and have just come out. Uh, the top left is a called the Leap Motion Cat Dissection and it is a virtual cat dissection and with the swipe of this little virtual hand here you can wave the hand over the cat's body and learn about cat anatomy just with the swipe of that little hand there. So there's a wonder what, wonderful fun way to learn about cat dissection without having to dissect the cat. And the bottom right is a product called the Victory VR Frog Dissection and it is the newest of all of these products that has just come out. It is a virtual frog dissection so you're wearing a headset and it allows you to go into an actual science class and to a virtual science teacher nationally recognized will walk you through the classroom and how to dissect this frog specimen. It's really fascinating and amazing to see the technology that's available, the VR and AR capabilities. What's another wonderful fact about the Victory VR uh, frog is that they recently partnered with Carolina Biological. So that's one of the largest companies that actually sells dead specimens. Um, and it's nice to see that they are going to be uh, providing this product to teachers um, who want to have an option for their students that don't want to dissect or those teachers that don't want to dissect. And all alternatives don't have to be um, virtual reality or computer-based, but some really, there's some really great hands-on alternatives. Um, the top left is a product that Elizabeth can speak to a little bit better. It's from a company called Getting Nerdy with Mel and Gertie. And it's 3D paper dissection. That, and the dissections were produced by two si former science teachers. Um, so it's really amazing. And I know, Elizabeth, you've, you've used them. And if you want to talk a little bit more about them. I did. So just a couple of weeks ago here in Vancouver, we gave a guest, uh, three guest classes actually in one school and we took the 3D paper dissections along with us. It's the first time I've used them and they were very well received by the students as well as the teachers. They might seem rudimentary on the surface because it's like cutting and sticking and coloring in. But these models are extremely detailed in um, how many things are labeled, the detail in terms of how um, the key works. There's a key that's provided by Mel and Gertie, and um, it not only gives you the accurate anatomical name of that body part, but it tells you what its function is in relation to other parts. So they're really, really well done. Yeah, it's really wonderful because you're actually building the animal instead of taking the animal apart. And I think that really helps for students to retain that knowledge when they're, when they're doing that dissection, that paper dissection. Another wonderful product is the anatomy and clay uh, system. And it's typically a human skeletal system or an animal skeletal system, as you can see in the picture. Um, and students can, can build the, the model using clay. So it's a great way to really have that, if you're a kinesthetic or tactile learner, to really get that hands-on uh, learning experience. And 
uh, it's been really helpful for a lot of students as and teachers as a replacement to cat dissection. Um, it's been around for a long time, and I feel that there have been a lot of studies that have been done that show that it, it, it's a great learning experience for teachers and students. So non-animal alternatives like these perform incredibly well in terms of student learning. And our groups have found 59 different original research articles where researchers evaluated student learning after using either traditional dissection or non-animal teaching methods. And as you can see from this graph here, in 52 of the 59 studies, the students did just as well as, and in 25 cases, better when they used non-animal teaching methods compared to when they used dissection. The students in these 59 studies were from all levels of education, from secondary school to university, pharmacology and biology classes, to vet school and med school. So this data provides compelling evidence that educational goals at all levels can be met without using real animals for dissection. And you're listening to Freedom of Species. And that song was a new one for me. Um, It is Howard Jones' Assault and Battery from the album Dream Into Action. That's from the 80s, and it's got some good beats and some good um, lyrics. I like it. Uh, So you are listening to Freedom of Species. This is 8.55am, and we are playing a presentation from the Humane Summit 2019 put on by Humane Education Coalition. So we were listening to a presentation by Nicole Green, Director of Animal Learn, and Dr. Elizabeth Ormandy, the Executive Director of Animals in Science Policy Institute, and they were discussing the alternatives to um, animal dissection in education and the um, different evidence that we have to support a move away from using animal dissection in education. We're going to pick up that conversation um, from where we left off. So not only can you learn using, it's been substantiated that you can learn just as well um, from dissection alternatives. It's been proven that with alternatives, they are a lot more, there's a cost savings using non-animal alternatives. So as you can see in this chart, it outlines that alternative methods um, cost less, much less, significantly less than animal dissection. So with animal dissection, it's typical that, that, that schools need to purchase specimens year after year because after they're used one time, they're typically thrown away. So what's the benefit of using alternative and investing in alternative is that they can be used over and over again without much of an investment in uh, keeping them uh, alive and well, so to speak. Um, so this is, a, this is a point that we definitely like to make with teachers, especially schools, some schools in the US and I'm sure in Canada have budgetary restrictions. So a lot of times this is one of the points that we bring up that if you're, going to, if you're doing dissection and you want to save money, you may want to invest in alternatives because over a time period, over a certain three-year time period, in this case, you can certainly save a significant amount of money. So at the teacher level, then, non-animal alternatives are 
often more effective or at the very least just as good for education compared with dissection. They're cheaper, they're quicker to e and easier to set up and take down. They are no mess, no fuss, because there are no harsh chemicals to dispose of um, after your class is done. And at the student level, some students uh, learn at different paces than others. Um, so non, using non-animal alternatives are great for students because they can use the products over and over again. And really it helps them to retain that knowledge that they're, they're learning. Dissection, as I said before, is usually a one-time deal. And so alternatives, again, really help students to be able to learn the material, materials as opposed to being squeamish or turned off by dissecting an animal. And non-animal alternatives provide a safer learning experience. So there are no sharp scalpels that you need to put in the hand of uh, students who are perhaps having traumatic experience at home, or um, you're not exposing teachers and students to the harsh preservative chemicals either. So as a result, non-animal alternatives can offer more inclusive educational experiences for students because everyone can participate. So what policies are there pertaining to dissection? Well, at the federal policy level, there is um, typically no formal national oversight of dissection in many countries. So for example, here in Canada, the Canadian Council on Animal Care sets and maintains standards for the care and use of animals in science, including animals in science education. But they don't oversee elementary or secondary schools. Fortunately, there are science education organizations that discourage dissection as an educational strat strategy in science classes. Uh, for example, the National Science Teachers Association recommends that science teachers be, pre be prepared to present an alternative for those students that uh, want to, where an activity may make them feel uncomfortable. And they also list uh, the different states that offer student choice policies. So in Canada, education is managed provincially. And at the level of school districts in my home province of British Columbia, there are only four of the 60 school districts in BC that have student choice policies in place regarding dissection. So dissection is pretty much at individual teacher discretion here. There are no laws in place regarding dissection practices provincially. And so there are very few policy mechanisms that we can use to affect top-down change. So for example, teachers here have a collective bargaining agreement, which states that teachers cannot be told how to do their jobs. So the Minister of Education has no mechanism to enact a province-wide ban on dissection, for example, because that would be seen as being too prescriptive over teaching methods. So getting more student choice policies at the school board level is the only feasible option that we currently have to here to affect meaningful policy change. And in here in the US, there are currently 18 states as well as Washington DC um, that have enacted either laws or, or policies that give students the right to opt out of dissection. And that's just at the K to 12 level. But groups like Animal Learn and ASPE and other US groups are working with, with state regulators to legislators to help them 
to help encourage more states to pass similar legislation to give students that legal right to, to stand up and say that they want to opt out and to, off, to afford them an alternative. Fortunately, um, I, today I can report to you that there are a few states that do have dissection choice bills in motion. So that's, that's really good news for us to be able to report and hopefully later this year we'll have even better news to report. So dissection could be phased out tomorrow uh, with no detriment to student, student learning at all. Uh, in fact, if dissection end, if it ended, the benefits would definitely include a safer, more inclusive educational experience for students, lower cost for schools, uh, an end to the procurement and killing of animals, millions of animals, uh, and the use of innovative non-animal teaching methods would help build a culture of respect for animals because real animals would no longer be used in the name of science education. So at least on the surface, it seems like ending dissection is a really winnable issue for humane education. But of course, what we're asking for is a change in the very culture of science teaching. And there is resistance to that change. Um, so how are Nicole and I and other groups campaigning for solutions. So in August 2017, ASPE hosted a day-long workshop on replacing animals in secondary education, and the, the participants are pictured here in our slide. Um, everyone that was present that day agreed to form an Eclipse Dissection Working Group, which is an international working group that shares resources, advocacy strategies, and we really support each other. Um, so for example, if there's a letter that one group is writing to an organization, we all co-sign the letter so we're stronger together. We are now 16 members strong and growing, and the groups that are currently represented are PETA, RSPCA UK, RSPCA New Zealand, Safe New Zealand, Intraniche, the National Anti-Vivisection Society and the New England Anti-Vivisection Society, as well as, of course, Animal Learn and ASPE. Um, we do, um, as, a, as a, an individual organization, ASPE does a lot of in, um, teacher engagement. We have a guest class program where myself or my project coordinator will go into schools and do a class using non-animal alternatives. We do lots of info sessions and workshops for teachers. We attend teacher conferences. And this year, we'll be doing an educational webinar series targeted towards teachers. And we're specifically working uh, with pre-service teachers, so those individuals who are in their science teacher training programs. And we want to make the switch to non-animal alternatives as easy as possible for teachers. So we offer free class plans and other resources. And to increase the accessibility of our resources, this year we'll be translating our offerings into French, Mandarin, and Punjabi. And we also have an online searchable alternatives database that we've curated after receiving a lot of feedback from teachers about what works, what doesn't, and what they need. Um, last year was the first year giving out our teaching and student awards to recognize individuals who are advancing humane science education in their school communities. And those awards come with a cash prize that are to be spent, um, sorry, that is to be spent on non-animal alternatives. And we also do, do the policy work that we can to get student choice policies 
at provincial and school district levels. And last year, thanks to our work with a wonderful group of students, we gained a significant policy win in the district of North Vancouver, um, who will be implementing a, a new student choice policy in the coming months. And in addition to our formal projects, with teachers and students, we take every opportunity to raise public awareness. So we have social media channels and we do outreach at public events as well. Wonderful. And Animal Learn is doing very similar efforts here in the US. Um, but one of the things that we are unique with uh, our organization is we have a, a, a program called the Science Bank where we loan out base action alternatives to teachers and students uh, who are opposed to dissection, who want to use dissection alternatives, want to try them out um, for a period of time and then return them back to us. That's specifically for people, individuals in the United States. It's actually the largest um, humane science loan lending program in the US. Uh, we have over 650 different types of alternatives available through the Science Bank. Um, and it's completely free. You can borrow from us and then we pay to ship to you and it's just shipping things back to us. Uh, so that's a wonderful program that we've had, had in place for over 20 years now. Um, it's been growing and growing. Teacher engagement, what, one of the things that I pride myself is going to science teacher conferences and really educating those teachers about uh, the issue of dissection and the alternatives that are available. Expose, exposing science teachers to the alternatives because they may be a little bit apprehensive and may only want to, you know, that's how they're going to learn about uh, alternatives. So we do workshops, we exhibit and have giveaways. Uh, we partner with a lot of the companies that are providing the alternatives and so that we can make those products available and giveaways uh, at our workshops and also at our booth when we when we go to science teacher conferences. Um, similarly, we have a Humane Educator and Humane Student of the Year Award to recognize those individuals that are um, standouts and making a difference um, for, for animals used in education. Um, and also our policy work. We, uh, every year we've been going to the National Conference for State Legislators and trying to engage with legislators in those states that don't have student choice policies. And I feel like that's really benefit, benefited us. We've, uh, because we do have some bills that are in motion right now, hopefully um, there'll be some good news to report as I said before, uh, but it's, it makes me feel really good to be able to talk to different, um, different constituents. We have science teachers, we have legislators, we have teachers and students. It's, it's, it's nice to be able to talk to a variety of different um, uh, people about this issue and really kind of get them on board about it. Uh, other things that we try to do is um, promote through social media and our marketing materials. Uh, one of the things I, we like to do is have fun marketing tools like this little squishy cat who has our logo on it. So that's something that teachers can take away at our conference or a tote bag with a message on it. And, uh, you know, they're spreading the word that way. So, um, yeah, that I would say that's the things that we're working on. And if you're interested, you can go to the animallearn.org website, uh, look at some of our resources. You can link to the Science Bank from there if you're interested in learning more about the Science Bank offerings. 
and follow us on social media. We actually just recently started our Instagram account and I'm really excited about it. So please uh, follow us on social media. And if you're interested in learning more about Animal Learn and the things that we do, you can contact me at ngreen at animallearn.org. And similarly to Animal Learn, we have a really active website. Um, we do also work on replacing animals in research and testing as well as in education. So there's lots of great information about that extra stuff on our website. Um, you can, like Animal One, you can follow us on Instagram. You can join us on Facebook, on Twitter. And if you want to reach me personally, you can contact me at Elizabeth at animalsinscience.org. And thank you everyone so much. We hope that we've encouraged you to, to do more on behalf of humane science education. Thank you. Join me, Sally Goldner, the presenter of Out of the Pan, for a live broadcast on International Trans Day of Visibility at Hares and Hyenas on 31st of March 2019, organised by Transgender Victoria with 3CR. With co-host Mama Alto, we'll be moderating a live panel discussion about issues, experiences and intersections between and about trans people of colour. Get your tickets online at tdov2019.eventbrite.com.au. That's tdov2019.eventbrite.com.au. Or listen live to the discussion right here on 855am on digital and streaming online. listening to Freedom of Species on 3CR 855 AM. Thanks for tuning in to Radical Community Radio. And we have just heard the song Hands on Stance by Ignite. And just before that, you heard the, um, the promotion for Trans Day of Visibility, which is next Sunday. And I definitely suggest you get a ticket to that. That sounds fantastic. And um, if you can't get a ticket and go, go and be there live, you can certainly listen to the um, Out of the Pan show with Sally. Uh, tune in at 12 12 p.m. next Sunday, and Sally will be broadcasting from Trans Day of Visibility next week, so certainly tune in for that. We have just finished listening to a really fantastic um, talk by Nicole Green, Director of Animal Learn, and Dr. Elizabeth Ormondy, um, Executive Director of Animals in Science Policy Institute, uh, called Humane Science Education, Ending the Use of Animals for Dissection. And I certainly learnt a lot um, from that talk, and I hope you did as well. If you're interested in learning more about that, please visit animallearn.org, that's with one L, or um, Animals in Science Policy Institute. Just search that via Google, and you can find out what those two um, organisations are doing to end the use of animals, unnecessary use of animals in education. As you heard, that we can we can use alternative models and methods to teach these sorts of things about physiology and um, anatomy of animals uh, in an equivalent or better way than actually killing individuals. 
it's it it still gets me that we do that that we kill individuals um just to just to see what's inside and what really being an educator being a science educator as well um and a biologist what really uh, gets me about that is i i know the rates of I work in in the um, employability side of of the university, so teaching students um, what they need to do to get employed um, and where. And so we look, we track it, track it a lot about what students go on to do after they finish their degree. Um, and biology students, very a large proportion of them are not going on to um, start dissecting animals. I, it, it is minuscule the number that will go on to do something like that. So we are we are killing individuals and letting them be dissected or having them be dissected for no real gain i mean the 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 things that students are learning in these situations doesn't really add value to their education and certainly doesn't add value to society in a meaningful way so it's great to hear that there's people combating that um useless piece of education and actually um it has potentially a negative effect because it as as they mentioned it normalizes the use of animals it normalizes um the killing and um use of animals in a very negative way so let's work to get rid of that absolutely and it actually this is this is um this is going to be a bit of a theme for my next show hopefully I'll be talking to um some people in Australia who have a little bit of a hands-on experience with this conversation this discussion um a student of mine who uh is is interested in in these things and how we can get rid of um dissections from from um from classes and we're hoping to get a guest on who can talk more about that in the context of training for specialized um professions like veterinary and medical sciences so um that will so stay tuned for that and I hopefully will have that coming up in the next uh, month or so before I head off today I have a couple of um community announcements that I wanted to make or draw your attention to The first involves um some news out of Western Australia uh and it's from the West Australian Dingo Association Facebook page and if you're interested in what I'm about to talk about then please jump on their Facebook page that's the West Australian Dingo Association Facebook page to find out a little bit more but apparently on the 12th of March the Greens um WA member of parliament in Western Australia um tabled a motion uh against changes to the biodiversity conservation act in regarding activities involving dingoes so the changes that are proposed um by the western australian government target dingoes in western australia allowing them to be taken anywhere in the state with exemptions to prosecution under the animal act Animal Welfare Act permitting them to be killed using prohibited devices and methods such as tooth traps and those are those um snapping traps with the very like vicious metal tooth traps they're nasty things and basically they rely on trapping an animal and um the animal either 
dies from bleeding out from the the trap um, or stays there until they they starve or die of exhaustion they're horrendous horrendous devices they often break the animal's legs so they're in excruciating pain while they are um, dying with that trap so the exemptions also allow dingoes to be killed and or processed and exported without permit or approval uh, members of Parliament in Western Australia now have um, about two weeks to debate the motion and vote. And the um, the Western Australian Dingo Association is um, urging all members of the public to lobby their local member of Parliament and others um, to support Robin Chapel's motion and have these very questionable exemptions removed. So they don't want those exemptions getting through. We want to keep on protecting dingoes in Western Australia. Um, amendments can then be proposed to the Biodiversity Conservation Act that will protect all fauna, including dingoes, as is the intention and spirit of the Act, um, while still allowing... Um, well, let's not... I'm not going to repeat that part because it's talking about herding dingoes um, for other uses and we don't agree with that on this show. Um, there's been some great evidence from researchers and scientists that we've had on this show previously that leaving dingoes alone in our um, in our air, in our environments, including pastoral environments, um, is actually beneficial. Uh, not that we want to have pastoral environments anyway. Let's get rid of get rid of animal farming. Leave the dingoes to have their their habitat. So WADA has emailed every member of parliament in Western Australia and they're asking you to do the same. So if you are a person in Western Australia listening, then please, please get in contact with your local member and let them know your opposition to the changes to that bill or the um, that act. The second piece of um, news or, or thing that I want to bring your attention to, uh, I was I, I came across through the Wilderness Society, a, a fantastic organisation, and um, they are talking about the Victorian, uh, Victorian government who is inviting Victorians like yourselves, hopefully if you're listening, uh, to answer a, a few um, short questions in a survey to help them improve the management of forests f- for the future. And you might know that Victoria has some very questionable pra- practices in our native forests with um, serious logging going on, which is putting fauna and in environments at um, significant threat, uh, particularly some threatened species which are under threat from logging practices. And the logging industry is basically done. We don't need it anymore in Victoria. It doesn't make money. It's um, it's propped up by the government. So let's um, let's end that that practice. And you have the opportunity to let the government know that that's what you want to do and those negative practices on our environment, on our forests, by answering those that short survey. And you can find that short survey at engage.vic.gov.au forward slash future dash of dash our dash forests. Or just type in future of our forests, um, VicGov, or even Wilderness Society, and you'll be able to find all of the information that you need. So that's it for us from Freedom of Species. Um, I want to thank the Humane Education Coalition, first for putting on such a fantastic um, thing like the Humane Summit 2019 and allowing us to rebroadcast the um, presentations that were 
presented there. I think they're a great addition to um, our cause and letting getting the word out about um, humane education. So certainly check those out if you're interested. We'll be back next week um, at 1 till 2 on Sunday. So certainly tune in on 8.55am in Melbourne or we're live streamed via the 3CR website. That's 3cr.org.au and you can find all previous podcasts on 3cr.org.au or via the freedomofspecies.org website. Stay tuned for In Psychedelia, the next show, and we look forward to seeing you next week. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.